guys, it's your girl Nye. I'm Portia. And welcome to the Tears and Laughter podcast, season one, episode one. Can you believe it? I know, we're really getting in the habit of it, I know. And you know what, I don't know why, I'm really enjoying filming these because I just feel like we always talk for England anyway, Mm. so I'm so glad that like our listeners can actually just be involved in our conversations because we talk about so much. So we like to start our podcast every time asking, because this is a Tears and Laughter podcast, which means you will be having tears and you will be having laughter you might laugh so hard that you get tears who knows so one thing we like to do is we like to always start off the podcast with two things that have made you happy this week and two things that have made you sad this week so Portia two things that have made me happy I guess just obviously back in the hustle and bustle of you know the ways of working it's a new year new start so I'm happy to be back and cracking one thing that's made you sad or or less happy we'll say uh, less happy that the weekend went too fast. It was like a 20 minute lunch break. <laughs> Honestly, can you believe it? I would say one thing that's made me happy this week is finally getting back into the gym. I feel like I've been off of the gym throughout the Christmas period and it's it's not made me feel as good. So I'm glad I'm back in the gym. One thing that's made me sad is rewatching Harry Potter and realizing that Michael Gambon is dead. And like most of all of my Harry Potter faves are dead. Mm-hmm. There's only Mikey Smith left. I know. But, but yeah, if you are new here, welcome to the Tears and Laughter podcast. I am your host, Nye, and alongside me is my beautiful co-host, Portia. What you're going to hear in this podcast is a lot of raw and unfiltered conversations. I mean, we're going to be talking about so many different things that happen to us personally, topics that happen in life. And you really are going to find yourself either crying or laughing at the end of the podcast, if not during. We're super excited to have you as part of our journey and we cannot wait to see where this is going to go. I know, it's exciting. It's really exciting. But yeah, let's not waste any time. So, what is the first topical conversation, do you think, Nai, that we should, you know, discuss with our audience? So the first topic of conversation that we're going to talk about today is being obsessed with your weight and your body, body obsession, overeating, what it's like being plus size and the difficulties that we share being plus size and struggling to get into an exercise routine or just doing exercise. I think it's about exercise and also fitness as well, but I, I want to talk a little bit beyond that as well, just in terms of where you may position yourself, you know, as a bigger person in society and what that's like. I think mm-hmm. there's definitely lots of, you know, conversations. This is not a new conversation, mm-hmm. but there's more platforms now where we're able to talk about it. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, so first off, what is being plus size to you? So, to me, mm-hmm. being plus size is obviously, you know, you're on the cusp or you're bigger than the UK average dress size. Mm -hmm. And I believe the UK average dress size, it was a size 12. It's now, I believe, 16. Really? Um, Yeah, for women. I'm not too sure what it is for men. And I believe, again, I need to fact check a lot of this. But um, again, it's around, you know, the the number of people when they have their like BMI and health tests and stuff on where they sit, mm-hmm. but also demographic as well in terms of changes um, of activities and things like that, which can impact obviously on people's overall health and weight. Mm. So yeah, that's what it means to me. Just obviously your dress size, you'll be on the 
UK average. But even that to me is mad, is like baffling because when we think of plus size, it's a very visual thing. It's, it's what you see of people. And there are people who could be just tall with like maybe like a bit more wider hips, but they're still like tall, small on the upper body, flat stomach, they just got hips and they could fit into size 16. But I wouldn't look at them and think, oh, that's a plus size person. But then the UK average size, if you're bigger than that, and the UK average is a 16, which to me is quite surprising anyway, because I can't believe more and more people are fitting into 16s. But becoming an adult is realising that size 16 isn't even that big of a size. Like when you actually put it into perspective and you look at people's body shape, size 16 is not even that big. Like I remember growing up in like, if you weren't an 8 or a 10, you were fat. That was a lot of pressure. For me personally, I believe that being plus size to me, really big, really wide, you know, you're very heavy, you are a big person, your body mass is big, you're quite round, and you're just bigger. And I say the word fat, and I know people don't like that word. I use that word fat because I've embraced it, because I've grown up with that word being thrown at me my whole life. So for me, I don't see fat as a negative word. Like, people are fat and you just own your fatness. Do you know what I mean? The biggest thing is you feeling confident and comfortable within your body. That is, to me, what I, I think is important. But I guess being plus size is essentially, is that word plus size, it is subjective, because... People could look at us and say we're plus size, but then there could be people who are bigger than us. And say, oh no, you don't even fit the... the, 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 the like, what are you talking like, about? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't really belong to that community. Like, you've got a little bit of breast or a little bit of bum. Like, you're not necessarily plus size. So, mm -hmm. again, you, you know, and I think coming from, you know, Afro-Caribbean backgrounds as well, mm -hmm. where, you know, the demographic is a lot curvier you know that type of stuff as well most of the bigness is embraced in these in these cultures as well mm. um and you know there's a lot of um historical association in terms of body types and hips and things like that in mm. terms of women i think where you know in mainstream media where the term plus size or curve models or all of those things, you know, talking about body positivity and being bigger mm. in society, you know, it's great that they've spun the narrative and it's being represented because there's a lot of people out there, you look and you think, oh gosh, you know, I still want to be fashionable, I still want to wear nice dresses, but I'm not seeing anyone who, you know, looks like me. So again, that's where I really think the fashion industry has done well in terms of, you know, having, you know, specific curve plus size rages like shine or sheen i don't think i'm saying it right I but never say it right. <laughs> i never shine, say right I don't, sheen, shine sheen whatever shine, it is they got sheen. rico going on there's a lot going on there yeah a bit, <laughs> a, bit, a, bit, a bit sus but aside from that you know i'll be doing my shopping there I'm, I'm, sorry not sorry sorry just never cared yeah so, sorry not sorry oh um <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, them, PLT, ASOS, like, you know, yeah. those brands are really coming into it as well. But I guess to just bring it back to in terms of, you know, what that means, and especially if you grow up like that, I think for me, it's not, it's not so much, it, yes, of course, it's about health. Let's, let's talk about, you know, if you are, you know, tipping the scale and like your BMI is this and you're having health issues, like you can't breathe, you can't walk like you're really struggling and i guess you know you can become accustomed to that way of living if you've never if you've never really experienced being slimmer or being healthy mm. it's not always you know association of slimness linked with health you mm. know what i mean but that's the that's the trajectory which is put out there mm -hmm. and i think as well you know 
people, and, and we're gonna talk about this in a moment, but you know, Nye and I, we do exercise, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a thing where we've never stepped foot in the gym, mm -hmm. it's not a thing where we've never signed up for, you know, uh, exercise camps, boot camps, had trainers, had all of that. It's a thing where it fluctuates because it's about how sustainable that is. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, can refer back to the pandemic and what that was like. Some people really flourish in terms of, you know, being stationary and exercising at home. Some people can do that. Me, myself, I need the environment where I feel comfortable to actually begin my exercise journey do you know what i mean um but that's my take on it the association is that you can be bigger and some say oh well why don't you try walking or why don't you try this well i'm doing these things but also it's not necessarily the exercise it's about the consumption of food and that's really you know a, a different part of the topic that we will explore a bit later but no i, I guess i really want to hear your take on it as well because i know i've touched upon a few things from fashion media you know bodies um and you know the association with health and be having a bigger body or plus size body mm. you know what are your takes on some some of those things that i've guess raised in this conversation i think that first of all is i think it's good to kind of strip back at the impact that what it's like to grow up being mm. a plus size mm. girl because for me you know i was bullied quite a lot and i when i say the word bullied i never saw it as bullying at the time because i've always been quite a confident person regardless of my size but there wasn't a time where like i wouldn't be called fat like i wasn't growing up i wasn't the girl who everyone fancied boys didn't fancy me i was the girl who i was the fat one out of my friends do you know mm -hmm. what i mean and then i remember when I started making friends, more friends in secondary school, I had a couple other friends who were like bigger like me. Um, so I stopped being the fat friend, but I still wasn't the desirable friend. And I remember just feeling so horrible inside because not only was it just always like, you're fat, you're ugly. That was what it was. Growing up for me, it was always, being plus size was always correlated to being ugly. Yeah, yeah. And that was something that I feel like has only changed in maybe the last five to six years. Yeah. About, because everyone just assumes because you're bigger, you're ugly. And it's like, are you mad? Do you know, people's face cards are on 10. Just because they're not society's definition of beautiful in terms of their body, their face card, do you know how many bigger women i've seen and yeah. met and i'm talking we're talking 300 pounds like yeah. 30 stone women who i personally don't think is very healthy to be that big but i wouldn't say they're not beautiful because their faces their looks are not defined just on their body size do you know what i mean but again yeah and that's the thing with the education where you know slimness is associated with beauty do you know what i mean yeah and it's like there's I remember I was watching like reality TV show and obviously back in the day, you know, some of the things that, um, you know, hosts and things used to say mm. could be quite, you know, personal, but we were- Facey. Facey and personal. Do you not remember that like, guy? The say, fat family guy. Fat. Yeah, like, that, yeah. what's that guy's name? He's a presenter. I swear he was on Good Morning Britain the other day. And he was talking about fat, and he had a show, a fat family show. Mm. And he was like, and our fatties today are Tracy from Derbyshire and her husband, Paul, and the kids. And then he'll be going down going, oh, 
you're a fat boy, aren't you? How much do you eat? Gosh, look at the size of you. And, like, that was normalised. That was yeah. on mainstream television yeah. all the time. Yeah. I didn't realise the impact that was having at that time, especially for people like me. It's not easy growing up being a big girl. Like, your no. insecurities are played on. I remember I was very popular in secondary school. I was universally popular and well-liked. And I just remember every time people would want to say stuff about me and talk shit about me, the only things they could yeah, ever say was that I'm fat. Yeah. I remember one time these couple, these two boys were sat in the main school hall and it was me and my two friends. We were walking in literally and I'm just walking in minding my business and I could hear him going skinny, skinny, fat and pointing to me and then they all just started laughing and it was just like these were just comments that were thrown at me all the time mm. that i just had to brush off oh well now because a fat bitch now because a fat bitch nice this she's a fat bitch this they couldn't ever say anything about my looks they couldn't say i was ugly they couldn't say i was like a nerd they couldn't say anything about me apart from you're fat so that to me at that time it used to dwell on me because it's like i used to think because i'm fat i'm ugly and then there was that insecurity of you know it, it goes deeper, it cuts deeper. There's that insecurity of going to fun fairs, for example. I remember when I used to go to fun fairs, I used to worry about it. We used to have a, a place called Thunderworld in Bristol. And I used to go there. And I remember when I went, I used to go there and I always used to panic because I used to think, oh my God, I'm not going to fit in the, the ride. You know, yeah, like the harness yeah, things. Over, yeah. yeah, and I used to really worry and I used to get so scared about it. And I remember there'd be times as well, yeah. Even just the small things of... You know, like three door cars where you have to pull out the front seat to get in the back. Oh yes. Even when those sort of cars used to come pulling up, where I had to get into three door cars, I the anxiety that yeah, I would face into the back and because I just thought, car, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be difficult for me to come out. I always used to try and blag it, and you know, like you're trying to style it out, like oh, shotgun, shotgun. But it was because I was like, I don't want to have to mm. have that embarrassment mm. of sitting in the back. Mm. It wasn't easy. It isn't easy. It wasn't easy growing up. To the point, like, another thing about being plus size is, like, people just always used to think, and I remember one of the, like, kind of horrible narratives that would be carried when it came to being plus size was, oh, if you're bigger, you smell. Yeah. Or you're less hygienic. Yeah. So there was also that kind of worry of, are people thinking I'm smelling? Yeah. Because I take hygiene extremely personal. Yeah. Like, hygiene is in so important. So... To be feeling that way, especially like, and I'm talking, you know, I've always been a big girl I'm, and I'm never going to be a skinny girl. My body's not designed that way, no matter how much. But my body has been, always been an insecurity of mine and it's only taken, I had to do a lot of work on myself to get to that point of acceptance because I wasn't ever seeing women who were big ever being put in a beautiful light ever i remember when we were in year eight everybody wanted a fire gap like everyone wanted a fire gap even the slim the slim girls were like trying to lose weight so they could have a fire gap everybody wanted a fire gap and i remember i used to starve myself because i used to cry about it i used to hate my weight so much it ended up making me get an eating disorder that i didn't mm. even realize i had I used to starve myself mm -hmm. to lose weight. I started doing everything and anything I could, mm. you know, smoking so much weed because there was that whole thing of if you bum weed, you lose weight. I used to smoke so much weed at a young age to be able to lose the weight. I used to starve myself. I used to do all of these things to lose weight all because of what society made me believe, you know? And I thank God for the young people nowadays because... When you got people like Lizzo, it's a lot of more plus size representation. Yeah, there are, there's a lot. 
for young girls right now growing up seeing bigger girls on the cameras they're seeing bigger girls in the ads they're seeing bigger girls in the campaigns like what you said earlier and i thank god for that for them because i wish i had that i do you remember raven raven simone we all looked up to that so raven do you remember that episode where she's in the fashion magazine, she entered the competition, she wanted to model her own fashions. So there's the episode, and Raven was entering a competition at a fashion magazine, and she wanted to design in the clothes for the models, but she didn't like how it, her clothes were looking mm. on the models, so she wanted to model her fashions herself, and she did on the runway, and then they used her runway photos, and they changed her body completely. Oh, they edited They it, yeah. slimmed her down to like a size like zero or something. And I remember that heartbreak. And that, that, even that in itself was so significant as a young girl watching that because it was like, when you even looked at Raven, Raven was never big. Raven Simone was never big. And like, even at the size of her, she was being called fat. It genuinely felt like growing up, if you didn't have your ribs showing and your spinal cord showing and your collarbone showing, you were fat. Yeah, there was a lot of judgment, you know, I mean, growing up and obviously how that can really play a part in adulthood, you know, for me, myself, I've, similar tonight, I've been on yo-yo diets, I've been slim, I've been big, I've been slim, I've been big, like, it's just been a roller coaster. And where it is now is about having the discipline and the control with food. You know, I do feel like there are real battles which aren't spoken about. And people have a lot of sympathy for eating disorders whereby you starve yourself or you have that um, resistance from food. You know, mm. anorexia nervosa, bulimia, those type of What's things. What's nervosa? The anorexia nervosa is the actual term for anorexia. Oh, that's the actual Yeah, yeah, oh. that's the medical term. But for ease, they drop nervosa and they just say anorexia, but it, that's the medical term. With those, I do feel like there's a lot of sympathy and there's a lot of understanding in mm. terms of, you know, people who go through those. There's lots of help out there in terms of people who do, you know, suffer with those um, restrictive sort of eating disorders mm. but then again let's look at it on the other side as well mm. there's several eating disorders which actually you know propel weight gain mm -hmm. you know binge eating is a massive thing mm -hmm. being a secret eater do you know what i mean and it's that vicious cycle for me again i'll be very open i've always struggled with food um it's it's been very up and down i think for me one key moment was when i finished third year and i was at the biggest i ever was i was about maybe 19 stone like massive really? yeah yeah how old were you i was 21 I was 21, Gosh. yeah, I was I was 19 stone because I kept on binge eating because I had all of this like stress and it just kept on going up and up and you're not thinking about your health but in turn, in order to for things to be sustainable, I should have incorporated my exercise into that but I was so stressed and I turned to food because that was the one piece of joy that I could, you know, use as an outlet but then I was doing it in excess. Mm. I was eating whatever it was, wasn't caring, I was drinking whatever it was because again that that's what it was in uni and then i remember i graduated i finished and i just you know i was looking back at photos and i was like oh i was like oh actually no and you know i was introduced to a great sort of fitness program and i really started working on my my journey once i finished but again you know the whole environment you know being dependent on food like not even controlling your emotions like i can't even explain it and again i'm not 
clinically trained or anything like that but i do know that binge eating is a massive massive eating disorder which still is yet to have any education mm. and people look at those things like you know i see some of these stories on snapchat stories and tiktok and stuff like that where people are literally saying they were consuming six thousand calories a day eight thousand calories a day drinking themselves to oblivion eating themselves to oblivion literally doing like monthly food shops and everything's like everything's gone like within the next two days like they're waking up with crisp wrappers around them chocolate all over their like serious things and people will look at that and the first thing they're thinking is you're greedy but it's something emotional um which is in there and now you know those people that do struggle with the overeating and things like that there's surgery for that i'm sure a lot of you are aware of weight loss surgeries which are taking place which people are really going to because they feel like they're not being listened to in terms of their own addiction and the same way how people have sympathy for someone who has alcoholism mm. or drug addiction those type of um things that you engage with they are recreational you know there's no nutritional value to be drinking alcohol there's no nutritional value if you're smoking or doing drugs food is a part of nutrition right and when you look at it in terms of balanced diet even though it's a small sliver in that balanced meal plan if you remember um again they still encourage you to have fats and seats and things like that as well to have a varied and balanced diet although it's a very small percentage but people again you know engage in different things it's just really difficult because i just feel like there's not enough education on binge eating mm. um and even me myself you know there's been periods where i've definitely eaten in excess where i feel like i haven't had control over food and the first question that someone comes to me if i'm if i say look back i just feel like i'm just eating too much but i can't stop they'll be like oh well just stop J just stop well no because again there's something there which i'm working on myself you know in terms of binge eating and things like that that's a that's a real health issue but i don't think doctors take it seriously i don't think people take it seriously mm -hmm. and then it's too late and then you see things like a hundred pound sisters or thousand pound sisters like these are whole documentaries and people think how did you get how did you get there mm. how did you get there well it's the same way as if you see someone who was once prospering how did they get to be a, a drug addict mm. how, how did they get there it's doing things in excess and again not being able to recognize that there's addictive patterns forming with that particular substance and that's how i look at it you know in terms of binge eating over it and those type of disorders where it propels your weight and then what happens you you look in yourself and you think oh my gosh there's nothing i can do there's no way out so what do you do you continue turning to the food and then it gets vicious like that until you know someone if you're lucky can actually get you on the right track and you can sustain your weight loss well, there's some people who don't want to lose weight mm -hmm. they are happy and embrace having a bigger body because they're examples to other people as well mm. and that's the flip side of it but then again it comes back to the connotations of health mm. health for your mind in terms of what is your relationship with food for it to be in excess for you to gain weight also what is your relationship as well in terms of your own health mm. you know and and you taking care and preserving that and that's the argument in terms of, you know, what it is to be sort of plus size in today's society. So why do you think, because obviously you're someone who has experienced binge eating yourself. So yeah. why do you think that 
there isn't enough education around binge eating as there is, for example, around anorexia, starvation, that sort of thing. Because people just think that you're fat and lazy. Mm. They think that you yourself are just they just look down on you you're beneath people essentially mm-hmm. and they don't look into that because they don't see it as an illness they see it as you're greedy mm-hmm. well i mean the, the argument could be that is greed not an illness i don't think people even believe binge eating is a thing i think they do know yeah i don't think people believe that there are actually people that physically can't stop eating yeah yeah it's a real thing it's a scary thing it's a dangerous thing and i think you make a great point about when people look at people who are overweight and who are obese mm. and they're quick to be like, how did they get there? But mm. then you're right, it's it's essentially tackling a preventative before the problem occurs and the preventative is helping people to control their eating. Mm. And that's essentially what we do need more of because even though, you know, the topic of today is about being plus size and we want to put out a message where we want people to embrace their bodies because we have both been we're both bigger girls we've both faced the struggles of the bullying of being called fat every day the body dysmorphia like i still to this day live with body dysmorphia like i look at myself there's always times where people will be like oh now you lost weight you lost weight and to me i think i'm like 25 to 30 stone i feel so unattractive i feel so just ugly and again it's like it's like it's instilled in my brain that being fat is being ugly it shouldn't Mm. be that Mm. because it's weird as well because it's like i only think that about myself i'll see girls who are bigger than me like way bigger and i'm like oh my god they look so nice like i want to look like them but they're bigger than me and i remember even like younger like the fear of gaining weight if i stepped on that scale and put on a pound two pounds I was like, right, I'm not eating for the rest of the day. I was going gym. I was... Because do you know what? I would say in my journey, I think one of the holy grails was actually finally making that decision to go to the gym. Mm. Like, the gym life changed my life. Mm. First time I ever stepped foot in the gym, I was 15. 15 years old, because that was when you were old enough you could go by yourself. You didn't need a parent. I remember I got my gym membership. And I started actually fully working out. I didn't know what I was doing. Then I fell into classes. You know, like your Zumba, your spin classes, your body pump classes. And I remember when I first went on my official health journey. Because before that, I had tried so many things to lose weight. I had done the starvation. Like I said before, the weed diet. Drinking only green tea. You know, there were so many diets. And there's even more diets now. Drink those slimming teas. and Or don't even get me started on the slimming teas. Then I was like, let me just try and do... Because I had a passion for wanting to lose weight. But I just didn't like the exercising. I just didn't get that gym bug. Because I feel like you do have to kind of get that gym bug. And it can take a while for you to get the gym bug. Do you know what I mean? I'm in there thinking... And I remember there was one trainer. And God bless him. Because he saw I was such a lost puppy. And he proper guided me for it all. And then I remember when I started working out into my routine... I just fell in love like I fell in love like gym became such a big part of my life and I remember this is like from 15 then I lost all my weight in when I was 16 and I noticed the difference in my mm. life because I'll never forget it was 2014 I was 16 years old I was in year 11 doing my GCSEs and I was going to the gym and then my weight started coming off and I started getting the attention boys started talking to me before boys would always talk to me like I'm one of the man them yeah no you're so cool yeah yeah you're a joke man not you're nice you're pretty i want to take you out nothing like that just wait i permed my hair and i started actually doing my hair properly and all of a sudden i'll never forget it was st paul's carnival 2014 
I got drawed. I'd never experienced the amount of man that was on me, Portia. I'll never experience, yeah, that feeling. Like, it was just so, it was a surreal feeling. Like, I felt like I was in the multiverse. Because I've gone from a girl that never really got guy mm. attention to getting all this attention. I don't even mm. remember one of the salty gal that I was with. She even made a comment like, oh, why is everyone moving to Nye? Like, Nye's like, it's like Nye's Beyonce. And I just remember feeling so gassed about it. Because... I was getting validation, I was getting yes. attention that I'd never yes. had. But yes. why? Because I was skinny. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing, and then it kind of went back into the body dysmorphia. Because oh. I remember when I was 16, and I remember I wanted to get smaller and smaller and smaller, and I remember I just was struggling to get smaller. And then life got in the way as well, so I was struggling with my own like personal stuff. And then that's when my weight just started going up and down. But I remember just being always so obsessed with losing weight. Even though I had lost the weight, I still wanted to keep losing more and more and more. And it just wasn't making sense. And I think that is still a problem internally that I need to sort, even to this day, because then that girl, like, and funny enough, I used, I do follow her on social media because I think she's funny. Her name's like, I think it's Queen Moyo or something like that. And she's a, she's a very big girl. And she's a beautiful girl. She's very big. You know, she makes a lot of content dancing and moving around and showing. And I love that for her because it shows that, you know, that's another thing. It, it eliminates that whole stupid stereotype of fat people can't move or fat people can't dance fat people can't do this because she does it but she i lost a little bit of ratings for her simply only when she went on good morning britain and there was that whole uh debate of airplanes they should put bigger seats in airplanes oh yeah for plus size people yeah. and i'm like no i don't agree with that i don't agree they should be putting in bigger seats be fair it's not a big a, a good comparison because those plane seats they are fucking tiny yeah like i struggled to fit in them and stuff mm. but from what she was saying it was like they should modify the whole planes to have big seat sections for plus size people mm. which, i don't think she was saying that though. but she was she was on there saying that they should be um that the airline should make bigger seats to accommodate for plus size people yeah. and she was saying they, they should have bigger sections on the airplanes for bigger people and then it became this whole debacle of but then who's paying for that which is true because yeah. if they do that then airlines are going to get more expensive which mm -hmm. means our ticket why am i having to pay more tickets because you can't control how much you eat mm. do you I, see what i'm saying i see i see where i look at it and i feel like with that conversation she was coming from accessibility as well because you know there are certain people who are obese they can still function to a degree whatever they have disability they come out of disability because of their size to see that even to me is mad that you yeah. should be classed as disabled yeah. because you're obese yeah yeah i think minus the people that have a health condition that's ridiculous yeah. you all got to that size down to you yeah. but i get what you're saying again it brings to your point about but some people can't don't have that control and do that's, they and that's the thing it's not a black and white situation not, not. i think we're gonna leave it there yeah. um so this has been the tears and laughter podcast thank you so much for listening um if you've enjoyed this please give us some feedback you know we are new we'd love to know what you think follow us on our social media at tears and laughter podcast um, and on that page, you will find our personal socials as well. Um, you can listen to this podcast back on Spotify, Amazon Music, or your streaming services. But I want to say thank you so much for listening. Um, I've been your host, Nai. And I've been Portia. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you um, really enjoyed the conversation that we had. And yeah, see you next time. See you next time.